but please stand up and give a wonderful Peoria welcome to my friend Heather Palacios. Awesome, you may be seated. Thank you so much for letting me come from Florida to be with you today. I'm from here, trying to represent, I was trying to connect with you guys. Thought I would wear my Michael Jordan jersey. Um, before we get started with the, with the message, just wanna say a couple of things. The message today is short but heavy, so um, just wanna give you guys a little heads up. I am gonna talk about you know, my struggles with suicide, but we're not gonna end with it being heavy because God is the last chapter of my story and yours. And so every story is always gonna end well with him. Um, something is happening in, in this place, in this church. Um, you guys don't have to come to church on Sunday. You get to. So I, I just, as I get ready to leave today and go back to Florida, I just wanted to encourage you guys to stay tuned to what God's gonna do next. Um, Pastor Michael and Rachel are killing it, killing it. I, the, the enemy has got to be so ticked that this church is here in this city on this intersection with those leaders. And if my church fires me, I'm applying here. So I hope that's okay with you guys. So you guys are in a series talking about fruit, and we're going to talk about peace today, as in peace in your mind, which has been a struggle for me for about 40 years. Um, but let's just dive into Mark chapter 5. This is my favorite story in the Bible as it comes to peace of mind and mental battles, and I can't wait to meet this guy in heaven someday. All right, Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 3, bam! Tech, they're like ninjas. They got us. It's all good. They, good job, guys. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. All right. Oh, wait, there's more. No, there's not. Wait, is there more? Oh, yeah, there's more. Is there more to that verse? Yeah, I thought so. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained even with a chain. Is there more? I knew it. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he would snap the chains from his wrists and smash the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. This, this is a story about a, a demon-possessed guy. And um, the text here says that, that he was living in a, in a cemetery. He was, a he was alive, living where dead people are. How many of you guys have actually watched the show Walking Dead. Show of hands. What is the matter with you guys? I mean, my, Pastor Michael, my husband loves this show. And, and I have to not only leave the room when I hear humans eating flesh, but I have to like put headphones on in the other room because I cannot handle this show at all. I just don't get it. But th this guy is, is essentially the Walking Dead. He has been excommunicated from the town that he lives in. He was too crazy 
to be in his city. So they shackled him into a cemetery on the outside of town. And he was the walking dead. I imagine that some people today that came in here, maybe you feel a little bit like the walking dead, existing but not living. It's kind of like the Dunkin' Donuts guy from the 80s. Gotta make the donuts. <laughs> Just surviving from one to-do to the next. Maybe the walking dead, is because you were traumatized, you were hurt, you were done wrong, and so you just live with numbness. But if anybody here feels like the walking dead, I just want to encourage you that you picked the right church on the right day in the right seat. Because you might have walked in feeling like the walking dead, but you're not going to leave like it. Next verse, verse 4 says, Got it. They just like to, they like to, we, we actually put that awkward pause in there because it's, it's funny. See, and I want you guys to laugh. So that's why we do that. Good job, guys. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles as he often was, he snapped the, do we already read that, Russ? I already read that one. Oh, I'm sorry. I already read that one. Let's read it again. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough sub, to subdue him. So here we're learning, not only does he, is he like the walking dead, living in the cemetery outside of the city because he's too crazy to be a part of the community, but they have um, shackled him and chained him because he's got supernatural strength in, in being demon-possessed. And before we dismiss this as some other Bible freak show story, I just want to take you back to 2016 in my neck of the woods in Miami where a police report said the following. Deputies found a shirtless person on top of a man that he had apparently just stabbed. Biting and removing pieces of the victim's face with his teeth, the deputy fired her stun gun, no effect. Other deputies arrived trying to restrain him, nothing. Then they had a police dog restrain him, but that couldn't stop the attacker from biting the dead man's face. He was exhibiting abnormal levels of strength. In the end, it would take four deputies and a police dog to subdue him. This man's name was Austin, and he was unfortunately on a bad trip by a substance called Flocka. And the, the Bible isn't a fictional feel-good story made of weird freak shows. This person called the demoniac who was demon-possessed back in the Bible in Mark chapter 5, those kind of people exist today. That stuff that happened back then didn't just happen back then. It can happen now. And what happened to that guy in the tombs in the garrisons happened to Austin in my backyard in Miami. Continuing with the text, it says in Mark chapter 5, verse 5, Day and night. Day and night. I just want to stop there with day and night. So, so he's outside of the community because they've, they've ostracized him because he's too crazy to be in the community. And he's shackled and he's chained because he's got supernatural strength that he's almost like a rabid animal. But now the text says day and night. So he's, he's, he's sleepless. He, he can't go to sleep. He's got insomnia. Because the text says day and night he was wandering around. And I was like, wow, that, that applies to us now too. 
How many by show of hands would say you've dealt with insomnia or sleeplessness at some point or another? Yeah, a huge percentage of us. So again, I just, get so, I just draw so much from this text because I'm like, well, this guy gets it. He gets what I have been through and what you have been through. Day and night, you can't sleep. I think there's two mental thieves of sleep. There's anxiety that will keep you from falling asleep at night, and there's depression that will keep you from getting out of bed in the morning. And I've struggled with both for a long time. And thankfully, with, with counseling and medication and regular attendance at church and a couple other things that I do, I'm able to you know, not give up despite the fact that I've had those kinds of battles with anxiety and depression and not being able to sleep. But I wanted to share with you guys just two quick things that I've done for anxiety at night and depression in the morning. And these don't cost anything, and they're available to everybody, and you can do it anywhere, anytime, no matter who you are. For anxiety, when I'm lying there in bed at night, and my brain's like, and you know, and, and, and the thing with anxiety at night is, like, you're sitting there, and you're watching the clock, right? 10, 11, midnight, 1, 2, and you're like, go to sleep! What, what stinks is that your wake-up time doesn't move in conjunction with the hours that you're awake. Like, I still got to get up at 6 a.m., right? And you're just, it just makes you even more anxious. So what I do is so silly, but it works for me, is I have to get my mind off my mind. So I will not turn on any dev electronic device. I won't do it. And I will lie there, and I will just go through the ABCs and come up with things that, that describe God. I call it the ABCs of God. And I'll just be lying there. I'll be like, God, A, you are able B, you're bold, and C, you're creative, D, you're divine, E, you're eternal, F, you're freedom, G, you're generous, H, you're holy, I, you're indescribable, J, you're just, K, you're the king of kings, L, you're the lord of lords, M, you're majesty, N, you're noble, O, you're omnipresent, P, you're peace, Q, you're quiet, R, you're real, S, you're, you're, you're a savior, T, you're trustworthy, U, you're understanding, V, you're victorious, W, you're the way, X, you're excellent, Y, you're Yahweh, Z, you're zealous, now let's go through the letters of the alphabet. And it doesn't cost you anything, but I'll tell you what, when you can get your mind off your mind and put it on God, you'll have a lot better chance of falling asleep. Well, what about depression in the morning? Depression in the morning will also keep you from just being able to sleep because you'll worry all day long that you will not be able to get up in the morning because you're too depressed, you won't be able to get out of bed. And so can, you can just be a hot mess, right? And this again, this is simple. I wish I had something a little more intellectual and sophisticated, but that's not how your girl rolls. I put a sticky note beside my bed when I'm battling depression. And my sticky note has five words on it. Long time ago, some smarty pants came up with the adage, one day at a time. <laughs> Obviously, he wasn't dealing with depression, because that's too daunting for me sometimes. I can't make it a day at a time but I can make it one hour at a time. And so I'll put this on my nightstand and I'll get, use this to get myself out of bed in the morning when I'm battling depression because my alarm goes off at 6 a.m. but if I can make it to 7 a.m., I got a victory. And if I can make it to 8 a.m., I've got two victories. And if I can make it to 9 a.m., I've got three victories. I'm winning. I've been up for three hours and I've got three wins already because I've made it an hour without giving up. And so I know it's trivial, but I, I, this, is, this is huge for me. And I'm so thankful that God just gave me that silly idea. 
So he's, a, he's the schizophrenic, and he's naked, and he's in chains, and he's lived in a graveyard, and he's battling insomnia. But he's, he's, he's still going. He's not given up yet. The text continues with Mark chapter 5, verse 5. He wandered around the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. Can you just leave this up, please, for a second? Because I just want to draw out two words from this verse as well, from this story. He wandered. So not only was he pushed outside of the city because he wasn't cool enough and he was too crazy to be in the city or in the community, but when he was out there in the, in the tombstones where he was living, shackled and chained, he would just wander aimlessly. He, hadn't, he had no purpose in his steps. And I just think that I've had to pause at this sometimes in my life and say to myself rhetorically, are you wandering around God or are you walking with God? Because for me, my life has found life when I walk with God and don't just wander around him. The next operative word for me here is cutting himself. I do a lot of ministry with, with people that have a whole range of mental afflictions and cutting is often one of them. And a lot of times we just see that as the you know, like teenage girl issue. But I mean, full disclosure, my youngest brother is a cutter. And so I know that that is a mental affliction that didn't just happen in some Bible story 2,000 years ago. People still struggle with that today. And I'm very thankful that we have ways that we can help people who struggle with cutting. If you know someone who is, um, reach out to me. I'll help you get help. Continuing with the text in verses 6 through 9, it says, When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him and ran to meet him and bowed low before him. And Jesus demanded, What is your name? And he... And he... And he... Is there no more verse for that? Okay, I'll read it from here, no problem. He ran to meet him and bowed low before him, and with a shriek, he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus has already said, Come out of the man, you evil spirit. And Jesus demanded, What is your name? And he replied, My name is Legion, because there are many of us inside of this man. And this makes me sad, because this man had lost his voice. Jesus asked this man a question, but the demons answered. How many demons possess this guy? A legion is the largest unit in the Roman army, about 5,000 soldiers. So some scholars have said there was thousands of demons in this one poor guy. That's a lot of demons to be dealing with. I don't think I can, I mean, I can barely handle one. He had a lot of demons in him. He was sleepless. He was an insomniac. He was a cutter. He was kicked out of town because he was crazy. He was living among the dead. He was a schizophrenic, but he didn't give up. There's a picture that I have that I, I, I'm a visual person. I think we have this picture of what, of what this looks like. This demoniac naked here when Jesus is holding him up. And there's a cliff with all these pigs. And I, I just love this photograph because it helps me realize how desperate this guy is for Jesus and how much peace he's, he's, he's wanting. He just wants peace in his mind so bad. He's not asking for much, right? He's not asking for a nice car, 
to be famous on social media. He's not asking for the pleasures of the world and the influence, the opportunity. He just wants peace of mind. A desperate, simple ask. And I love this picture because it shows that he asked the right person. He asked the right person. The evil spirits begged him again and again. You can keep that picture up. Not to send them to some distant place. And there happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. And the demons inside of this man said, send us into the pigs. Let us enter the pigs. So Jesus gave the demons inside the man permission to enter the pigs. And the evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs. And the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. So the, the, the demons... You know, I know that gets, like, weird, right? You're, I mean, that, that's kind of like a hard sell when you're trying to evangelize to people about how awesome Christianity is. Because you're like, yeah, well, there's demons and the devil. And they're like, I mean, like the guy with the red cape and the horns coming out of his head? The, de- the, the enemy does exist. If you believe God exists, you have to believe that the enemy exists. And I'm, I will tell you personally, who's been running from suicide since I was eight, I, I know that the enemy exists because the Bible says that he comes to seek to, to kill, steal, and destroy. Steal my ministry, destroy my family, and kill me. I've, I have been fighting that for 40 years, so I know the enemy exists. And the enemy, if, his only purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. So they're like, well, if we can't steal, kill, and destroy this man, could we at least just jump into the pigs here and steal, kill, and destroy them? And Jesus was like, sure, go for the pigs. And all the vegetarians said, <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm not a vegetarian. Nothing, nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. But. but to me, what just blew my mind about this is that that cliff was there the whole time. So the man, with everything he was going through and enduring, he could have jumped to end it all. That cliff was there the whole time. He was fighting all those battles. But he didn't. The pigs did. The man never jumped to end his life. The pigs committed suicide because the enemy got in them. Yeah, you can clap for that because that's okay. The, you, know, you know how much bacon they could have had made from, from all those pigs that jumped that day? That's a lot of bacon. I can't wait to meet this guy in heaven. I believe in all my heart that he's going to be there. We'll probably be in the same hood. <laughs> I have a feeling they're going to be Pastor Michael. It'll be like me and the demoniac and maybe a few of you guys. But the rest of you guys will be in the, like, I don't know, cool kids club. The, I'll be in the bouncy house <laughs> in heaven. <laughs> 2,000 pigs couldn't endure for one moment what this guy had endured for years. The pigs died by suicide. The man didn't. Take heart if you're going through a difficult season or hell itself right now. In Jesus, your peace is not impossible. If a naked, excommunicated, rejected, cutting, sleepless, homeless, schizophrenic can find peace with Jesus, so can you. Your peace is not impossible. The text ends with 
verse 15. It says, a crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. And he was sitting there, sitting, fully clothed, perfectly sane. You know where I am every Sunday? I am sitting, perfectly clothed, and sane in God's house. And I didn't used to be. In 2000 was the last time that I actually attempted to take my life as a pastor's wife. And, it, and I lost my mind, completely lost my mind, on July 30th, 2000. Um, I had to be shackled and tranquilized and taken to a psychiatric ward. I was insane, I was not fully dressed, and I was not sitting. I was wrestling on the ground. But, but I'm, not, I'm not her anymore, and I didn't have to use suicide to get out of that. I used Jesus to get me to my comeback. I love this story because I understand this guy so much. And if your story is different, but we all have a story with a struggle. And I love this story because in spite of the struggle, when Jesus shows up into your life, maybe the struggle doesn't go away, but you don't have to either. You can get through life with your struggle with Jesus. And we, he brings us into earth onto our birthday. He will also usher us out on our death day. But in the in-between, you and I need to struggle with our struggle with Jesus and make it. You're the only one of you. There is no other backup piece in the box. And you don't have to be you. You get to be you. God didn't make a backup, a plan B. He didn't let you be miscarried. He did not allow you to be aborted. You're all humanity has of you. What a gift. Now, be her. Be him. In the last two years... Oh, <laughs> in the last two years, we've been um, giving life boxes to people going through anything, anywhere in the world, so they won't give up. I can't fix anybody's problems. I'm not, I'm not that smart. But I know what it's like to want to die. And I know what it's like to live. And so we give these life boxes all the time, everywhere. And we traveled um, 1,321 miles from Florida today to be with you, to give all of you guys a life box. They're out in the lobby. I hope you'll take one. They're free. And if uh, you don't need one because you're not struggling, I, I hope you'll take one and give it to somebody who is. Just want to um, close with praying for a couple of people that might be out here today. I recognize that I talk about suicide and I don't, I'd be remiss if I didn't identify the people that have lost someone to suicide. And I, I wanna pray for you, if you would let me. And then I just wanna pray for anybody that's struggling, that, um, that you would take your cues, not from my story. Listen, y'all don't want, you don't wanna remember this. All right, well, I need to get back on that plane, go back home and this, I'm a hot mess, so you don't want to remember my story, but you want to remember Mark chapter 5. And you want to store that like treasure in your belly. 
And maybe it's not a hard time now, but if you go through a hard time, I just pray that you would draw from that treasure that, you know what? That cliff was there that whole time for that guy, but he didn't give, he didn't jump off of it. If he can make it, I can make it. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Father, I just pray right now for anybody that has lost someone to suicide. That is a pain that no one else understands because the person they lost was the only one of them. And I pray you would just descend into their atmosphere and gingerly pick up the broken pieces of their heart and by your hands only, slowly and in your best timing, put them back together. Lord, I also just pray for anybody struggling right now that they just would not give up. I pray Deuteronomy 30, 19 over them. Oh, that you would choose life so you and your descendants might live. I pray Psalm 118, 17 over them, that I will not die, but I will live to tell what the Lord has done. I pray Job over them, that you have counted the days of our life. I pray over them that, that they would live life and they would live it abundantly and the enemy has no right to their life. He does not have to seek them out to kill them and destroy them because if they have you, they have life. And I pray that you would just, just take the cap off the geyser of life you have put inside of their soul and unleash it when they are too weak to live, that you would live for them. And I pray that this church and this, this family here would not know suicide, that the every single